Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. You can buy a Mars Delight currently... Um, which they don't sell anymore, but you can buy that on eBay at the moment. It's currently on with the price tag of 110 euro. So if you want a 11 year old Mars Delight, you can get it on eBay at the moment. And I just had a just had a little look around. You know, you hear these stories about you know videos and books for going for crazy amounts on eBay. I just looked there into the the last couple of books that have been sold. The most expensive book that has been sold in the last couple of weeks on eBay was the Beano book. So this is not listed. Oh. This was sold. This really upsets me. Do you know why? Because last Christmas, just before Christmas, I went down to Galway and I was just randomly looking in some bookshop and you know those tiny little ones that are in the yeah. back end of nowhere. Old man running it for probably years. So I was looking through and I saw loads of the Dandy and the Beano magazines so my brother, who's 36 now, used to love them. So I decided, you know, I'll get him a few of them for Christmas. But it turned out they were actually valuable, and the guy in the shop gave them to me for free. What? So what did you whatever, do? Did you get whatever these for free now, Saoirse? <laughs> no, I did buy a second-hand book that cost me about three euro or something, and he just said, you know what, just take those magazines for free. Like, they're just there. I have piles of them. So I just got a right. few for him. But there's one of them, some edition, I don't know what it was, um, at the time, he saw on eBay himself and was like, it's going for, now, it wasn't huge money, but a lot more than what the magazine was worth. Mm. He kept it, though. He didn't sell it. Well, somebody sold, someone had the very first Beano annual. Beano was a comic book. If you're, I, I don't even know if there are still, do kids read the Beano? Is it still even a thing or in production or in print? Anyway, I don't think kids the, get magazines anymore. Yeah, they get phones and iPads and they're told to shut up and go into the corner. <laughs> Adults are talking over here. Anyway, uh, this Beano annual, kind of a comic book strip thing, the annual, which is a bigger version of the very first one, was released in 1940, and somebody had this book in very, very good condition. All pages were intact and complete uh, and fairly good. So in 1940, this was recently sold on eBay for €6,384. <gasps> Euro. Stop it. Now, sold, this isn't, again, there's a difference on eBay. You can list anything for any price and that people lose their mind over it. Oh, my God, stupid amount. No, somebody paid. This listing has finished. It's ended. It was sold for €6,384. That's nuts, isn't it? That's mad money. Now, yeah. see, the thing is, you'd have to have the authenticity along with it. Do you know that kind of way? A lot of girls that I know would try and sell designer bags and things online 
but people need to know the markings and they need to see pictures of specific areas of it. Mm, so you couldn't yeah. just you couldn't just wing it. You couldn't just put up, you know, a, a Beano or a Dandy and say it's this limited edition one when it's not. Or copy uh, it or something. Yeah, of course. Now, the only thing that gives this a bit more credibility is it's from a, a book company. So it's a uh, a actual registered book company. I don't know if it was a bookshop, but a book company sold this um, as well. So you, you'd presume that they did their... Uh, their background checks and were able to verify it. But then again, some people have yeah, been scammed out of a lot of other things. But the 1940 annual went for 5,000 5, 5, sterling. So 6,384 euro went for it. There's loads of other books there as well from a lot of the Harry Potter books, which are signed, went for like five and a half grand. And then there's other Lloyd's Law Reports. From 1919 to 2007, complete set of law books went for like three, three and a half grand. I'm sure a company might be buying them as opposed to any individual. Fantastic Four, uh, 11 original books went for three, three and a half grand. So if you have those kind of maybe series of books from back in the day that are full and complete and intact, they'd probably get you good money because people are paying significant, significant money for them. I used to want to sell a few of my Beanie Babies because I heard that they were very valuable oh, and I used to collect them when I was, was younger. That, yeah, yeah but, but I, it's one of these things, I don't know about you, if you have anything valuable to you or sentimental to you from years ago that you just would never sell. Yeah. The, like, when were the Beanie Babies a thing? They were, they were nuts. They were the Christmas toy one year, weren't they, that everyone was just going absolutely mad for. And then there was a yeah, thing a couple of years ago where people were like, a Beanie Baby is going for 80 million and check yours and it had to be a special edition one. But looking quickly at the Beanie Baby one, this has been sold now. This is a Beanie Baby that was sold on eBay. The Princess Diana Bear, rare 1997, boxed with tags, genuine, was sold for 1,331 euro. That's insane. Now, at the time, I remember they weren't cheap because I went down. The first time I kind of started collecting them was when I was getting my communion money and I went down to the shop to buy them. But I remember them being pricey even back then. So they weren't cheap. They're kind of more like, um, you know, those Sylvanian family doll things that I think you can still get them in in toy shops. But they're expensive. Can you just show you, this is how dodgy and how misleading eBay can be because if you search for Beanie Babies and you search, you go into Beanie Babies and you search the price, you know, you can rank highest to lowest or lowest to highest on these searches and you go yeah. highest first, right? Here's what they're currently being sold for. Now, I say being sold for, again, this is just some idiot, some 12-year-old somewhere in the world putting a picture up and then putting a ridiculous price tag on it because there is a... a, a a product here, a listing here with three Beanie Babies that are going for €305,212. And do you think that's just someone just out of nowhere coming up with this figure? Oh, completely. Because again, no, no, no one is going to pay that much. But then you have kind of places picking it up going, you can get 300000 for your Beanie Baby. So the first, like, 50, maybe not the first 50, but the first 10 or 20 listings... When you search for Beanie Babies, when you go, like, rank them the most expensive first, the first two are 305000 Then the third one is a rare original Beanie Baby, curly, retired, a lot of errors, 34 grand. they are looking for it. Thirty-three grand. I think they're just doing it... To just see. Like, to tr- either to rank or do something or to make a bid or to make an offer. Look at this. This is ridiculous. A new, brand new, unopened, managed, like, absolute... Has to be. It's obviously a scam. This is obviously a scam. That's but a really dumb scammer. We should make a bid and say, well, no, 
because we would do it with absolute who like three hundred grand for toys? No way for beanie babies, ridiculous. But can you imagine now some billionaire's child sees that and they cannot get it anywhere else, and this toy should cost probably five euro, and they'll buy that for them. So you know, ah, whoever's selling won't. that. Ah, they won't. Whoever's selling that might be hopeful that someone very wealthy is going to come along and their child is going to see that, want it, and they'll just give it to them. Whatever the price tag. And I, 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 I don't think billionaires like hanging on to their money and not giving 300 grand to scam artists. But it's just, it's different. When you hear like, when you hear a lot of people saying, oh, you can get like 10 grand for that on eBay. Notice the difference between the most expensive Beanie Baby that is currently listed on offer which has not sold which is just on offer is 300,000 euro but the most expensive Beanie Baby that has actually been sold because you can just click on all the, the sold listings has been 1,331 euro so I mean there's there's clearly a few scams going on on eBay that eBay needs to sort out yeah I don't actually use eBay that much to be honest no neither do I but there you go so just when you hear things like if you've got a rare blah 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 you can get 10 grand you, you probably can't because now if you have a Beanie Baby somebody is listing a Beanie Baby for 300 grand like again I might list an FM104 pen for a million quid and just see what the crack is but would you not somehow feel deep down it's kind of like when you do the lotto that you could actually get that money <laughs> I am going to list an FM104 pen for a million quid right and then if if some billionaire and their kid is out there who wants to buy it you you won't be hearing from me again and you'll Imagine know that's that the happened. reason why I don't show up to work Imagine that happened, right? You put up an FM104 pen and it sold for a million. And then because it's not your brand. Don't be complicating my to, dream here, Saoirse. Could, could you imagine? Imagine you got that money and you had to give it all back. <laughs> Getting a phone call from management. Sorry, yeah. that's not your pen. That was a staff pen. You don't own the rights <laughs> to that the property. So now you owe us the million plus 500,000 in legal fees because you're stealing you our imagine? property. I mean, it that might be worth crack, it anyway. if you if you were able to even get a hundred grand from it. In the we'll end, we'll see. Anyway, if you want to buy yourself an FM, uh, we'll, we'll start we'll start robbing some strawberry uh, alarm clock cuddle mugs. And we'll throw them up there for ten grand each. And we'll be coming in in fur coats and bling. And they'll be, what's going on? And where's all our cuddle mugs going? I've no idea. No idea what's no going idea. on. But there you go. You can buy a cuddle mug for twenty grand. No, you can get a pen for a million quid on eBay. We'll put that up after the show. On the way next, Control Alt Delete a roundup of the. Uh, Weirdest science and tech stories from around the world. One involving how dogs navigate, which is pretty interesting. And another thing, you see this thing every single day of the week, of the year, of your life, hopefully. Um, but it turns out it could be causing earthquakes all around the world. I'll tell you more on Control, I'll delete next on FM 104. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Sisha here on Room 104. Thanks to Matt for the text in. If you've just tuned in, we were talking about, you know, you hear every so often crazy expensive things that are on sale on eBay that you can buy. Um, it turns out that right now you can bid on a Mars Delight from 2009, unopened, unused, but <clears throat> definitely out of date. <clears throat> and the seller is looking for 110 quid for that up on eBay. And then we just were looking at some of the the latest Disney videos that have been sold, some were going for several thousand euro, but there was that song, song of, that movie, Disney movie from years ago, Song of the South, which has been sold I'd say 10, 15, 20 times. The last most expensive movies this has gone for a couple of hundred quid over the last couple of days on eBay. And I was like, oh, that's strange for that to pop up out of nowhere. Matt has said, yes, yeah, Song of the South is depicted as a racist Disney film. It's been in the news the past while as Disney World has decided to drop uh, the depictions that the ride splash mountain has with the film. 
Matt. Oh, that's weird. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 it looked. Like it might be problematic in 2020, but uh, thanks for that. That kind of makes sense. Maybe people are trying to buy it, um, buy it either to sell it because it might be banned, or buy it to kind of add to their Disney collection. I have the original Live Aid four CD box set, including the booklets. I've always wondered if they're worth anything. I'd never sell them though. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting as well. Yeah, Tommy, see, there's certain Tommy. things, like I said, that you just won't sell. They, they just mean too much to you. Tommy, now that you can just stream everything on Spotify anyway, would you just like sell them for like five grand? See, but you'll probably blow the five grand and then think back and go, what did I even spend that on? If you could get them signed. And then you don't have your... Your lovely... If you got them signed by Bob, Sir Bob, maybe uh, you have to keep that a lot. Yeah. Well, you could easily do that. Track Bob down, mm. get him to sign it, and then it's even more valuable. Dun, 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 That's cool. Um, I have a signed copy of Bill Clinton's book that myself and my daughter got at the signing in 2004. Bill Clinton has signed this. It was like Fort Knox that day. We had to leave everything at the door. We were given a ticket to collect them on the way out. There were even snipers on the roofs of the surrounding buildings. They hated Bill that much, did they? No, no. Uh, wonder, is it worth much? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't Oops. say yes. Maybe, sadly, when he passes away, that's usually when things become more valuable, isn't it? Yeah, I just wonder why Bill Clinton hasn't been cancelled in the last few months and years. Yeah. There's a few Everyone people... Everyone seems to be all right with Bill. Mm. Yeah, he's gotten away with a lot. <laughs> He's been on a few islands he shouldn't have been on, friends with a few he people has. who are no longer yeah. around. And I know. was the only president to ever be impeached for being inappropriate on a young intern's dress. Mm-hmm. Sure, look. This famous line. Might, yeah, it might make that book even more valuable. Mary, thank you for that. And uh, um, sorry, Tommy, you said five grand for the CDs. Happy, happy days. Deal. Um, he'd said it, sell it for that now, right? Cool. Uh, anything else? You, if you've any like valuable collections that you've ever considered and wondered how much you get for, do let us know. Oh, it's seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Now it's time for Room One Hundred Four's Control Alt Delete. There's a load of mad stories this evening. Control Alt Delete. Quick roundup of the tech and news stories and tech and science stories from all over the world. Uh, one um, story I will tell you, but don't ask me to explain it because I do not know. But it's to do with DNA and the Wizard of Oz. But I'll tell you that in a few moments' time. The first one, uh, another reason why dogs are phenomenal, better than cats, it turns out that they navigate using the Earth's magnetic fields. Dogs do. Dogs do. Dogs do, yeah. Now, you know these stories where you hear dogs, you know, going for miles, getting lost and being reunited with their owner, or, you know, the dog was, they tried to get rid of the dog and they sent it 100 miles away and it found its way back. You always hear these random urban legends about dogs getting lost but finally making their way home. They do have a load of, uh, obviously their scent is one of the ways in which they can navigate and obviously they can see where they came from another way, but it turns out that they have this thing called, they have a light-sensing molecule inside them called cryptochrome 1. And it's associated with magnetic sensing abilities. And they did this big experiment where they took loads of dogs and then they released them into this wood that they were 
just woods and they had cameras and GPS systems on the dogs and they wanted to see how would the dogs make their way back to the original area that they were sent from. And a few of them did some of the usual stuff, but apparently all the dogs across across all the species, across all the aids and the breeds of dogs, I should say, started their trek back when they realised they were lost and had to go back. They started their trek back by running a in a line, but it was a dash along the north-south geomagnetic axis, which sounds fancy. So they sprinted back and forth along this north-south axis. And it turns out that they think, here's what they're thinking, that the dogs have an ability to sense like the magnetic waves of the Earth and that they run up and down that, it'll activate that a little bit more. They'll get their bearings and they'll know that maybe they came from the south or came from the east and it'll give them the general direction in which they need to head back then. That's so interesting. I always thought it was purely down to the, their scent. Uh, you know, if they got lost, yeah. that they'd find their way back. You know, I had a dog that got lost on the seafront, which was about, you know, a good 40-minute walk from my house, and the dog found her way home. And she'd never walked that. We used to drive to the beach. So mm. she was able to find her way home. But I assumed that it was just pure smell that she would have kind of known maybe the car was going a certain direction. I don't know, but that makes that makes sense. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I never knew that before. Now, obviously, scent would play a big part of it. And maybe when they got back closer to your house, it would pick up on your scent or the house scent. But no, ah, I'm in the right direction. But for part of the the bigger ability out in the wild and figuring out where it's going and where it needs to go, it does a little run along a north-south line a magnetic line, that helps figure out where it's going, where it's come from. And it can navigate itself and navigate its way back off that. As well, turns out that dogs prefer to poop and mark their territory along a north-south axis as well. So that explains a lot as well, because dogs are always pooping outside my driveway. And like facing in the north. Your dog, you, you must be facing north. Your driveway must be a north-facing It is. Uh, driveway and they're coming in here going oh there's a north south let's just dump one in here happy days we'll <laughs> this move looks on good. yeah, yeah. Uh, i'll take the boxes so that's mad they can uh, so my some animals can i presume birds and maybe i'm not sure what other animals use them kind of magnetic maybe magnetic a fox sense mm. yeah fox or do like whales or sharks and things do that i don't know but there you go dogs are able to use the Earth's mag- geomagnetic lines to figure out where they are and where they're going. Uh, moving on, we mentioned this last week quickly in passing, but it turns out that a socially distant surgery has been successfully completed in Italy. Oh, what kind of surgery? It was surgery on a person's vocal cords, and there was a team of surgeons 15 kilometers away from the patients. The doctor had a VR headset on. He had tools and like controllers in his hands. There was cameras set up by uh, cameras, robotics and robotic arms with robotic tools set up where the patient was. And they were successfully able to operate on the patient remotely. That's amazing. That's it's terrifying, saying, it? but it is, it is amazing that they could do that. And one of the reasons why this is going to become or more successful and more popular is because of the new 5G technology that's coming out. 5G, which will be, what, 10 times faster than 4G at the moment? So you stupid speeds. Like, you'll be able to get faster speeds off 5G than you will with your fiber optic broadband in some, some cases. So what they're able to use is utilize that because the speed then slows down any lag time or any delay that you might have operating on someone uh, 15 kilometers away. So the VR works perfectly fine. So the doctor is pretty much feels as if they're in the room. He can see 360 degrees all around him because there's a, a, a 360 degree camera in the operating theater and then has got control of 
all of the different tools and instruments and knives and syringes and everything that they're using. And they use it all robotically. They're operating on someone's vocal cords, so they're like opening up their vocal cords. And uh, yeah, there you go. We're going to be having remote surgeries. You won't need to, f- which I think is really, really good because you won't need to fly. You know, sometimes you hear like very sick people or very sick children have to fly for an experimental treatment somewhere, and that flying can put a lot of stress on them anyway. Now, you'll, fingers crossed, in a, in a near future, be able to just. They'll be able to dial into a surgery, a, a theatre here, a VR-enabled theatre here, for want of a better word. I think it's the fear, of the, unno- yeah, the fear of the unknown, though. You know, I, I would n- not like to know that I'm going in for surgery and the doctor is not going to be standing in front of me. But the big robot machine would be standing in front of you. I know. Imagine just before you get passed out and put to sleep, you're looking at this robot with these robot arms being like, Hello, I'm ready. <laughs> Take four deep breaths for me. Thank you very much. No, I wonder if you didn't say that. I wonder if there is a picture of the doctor for you as the patient so you can see him. I I would say there is not. And I think for the most part... You're going to be put under. You're going to be put under, aren't you? For the most part, yeah. You'd be put under uh, anesthetic, so you probably wouldn't be awake for any of it. Yeah. Which is really scary in itself. Because at least you know that when you are being put to sleep these days, right now in 2020... Here in Ireland, you're going in and there's probably a doctor, there's someone watching your heart, there's someone else getting the instruments ready. So there's a lot of people around if something goes wrong, whereas I feel if it's all going to turn remote and they're going to try and fix it from afar, you don't really have a chance <laughs> to survive if something does go wrong. Do you think a, a lot of the I issues... Think so. with but if a lot of the issue, what well, some of the issues with surgery and people dying in surgery can come from human error, you know, like people leaving a calipers inside you or a scissors inside you or whatever it is. Uh, and you think it, maybe the machines can get so smart that when the doctor is, you know, 15 kilometers away and he tries to do something, the machine prevents you. It's like, ah, 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 because you're about to do something wrong. You're about to nick something that you shouldn't nick or you're about to leave something in that maybe you can have some safety controls and safety measures in preventing mistakes. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's probably the best way to look at it and it's going to speed up operations and make them probably safer in the long term, but it's the fear of the unknown. That's all it is. Yeah, always remember, never change and always do the things you did in the past and, exactly. and, and, and don't adapt. That's the main fear message everything. this evening. Yeah, yeah, fear change. That's the main thing you need to know this evening, fear change. Uh, next story, which is a little bit uh, weird and interesting, but it turns out that the thing that might be causing a lot of earthquakes, and not the only thing, but it could be the sun. The sun is causing earthquakes. I know that sounds like a, a mad hat or weird conspiracy theory at the moment, but you hear every so often that there is one of those, is it a, a you know, when the, 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 the sun will spit out a massive blast of like plasma. It'll be a huge electromagnetic storm that's coming towards Earth, and these. Uh, kind of solar storms that fly out from the sun can damage satellites. So if we know this is coming along and a sunspot has exploded out into space, sending all these kind of charged electrons and particles towards Earth, it can knock out satellites, so everyone has to be prepared for that. But it turns out that these things can trigger groups of electrons. So these positively charged ions that will erupt out from the sun every once in a while can land on Earth, not only knock out our satellites and not knock out sometimes our power stations as well, but they can build up uh, on the cracks where the tectonic plates are and can cause earthquakes. And it can cause groups of earthquakes. As it turns out, one of the things that was consistent was, and this is the, the latest research, was when earthquakes 
happen, sometimes they don't happen on their own. So an earthquake in Japan might be followed up by an earthquake in LA and there might be, you know, concentrated multiple earthquakes happening at the one time and when they look back through the data and the history they found that every time there was groups of earthquakes it was the exact same time that there was a big sunspot explosion or uh, these charged particles were coming in from the sun so they're thinking that maybe there's a link between the sun causing these problems now would you take the sun and keep the earthquakes if you could or would you get rid of all earthquakes and the sun altogether you know me, I'd love the freezing cold. I'd love us to perish <laughs> and freeze to death. No sun. Thank you and good night. I would like an earthquake every single day just to get a bit of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, a bit of sun. Oh, God. You like that? Happy days. Um, yeah, so that's a, n- a new area of research they're looking into. The particles from powerful eruptions from the sun, from those kind of uh, uh, coronal explosions are could be causing groups of earthquakes down here on Earth. This story is a little bit confusing, and if you can get your head around this, happy days. I can't. They are after storing the Mm. wonderful Wizard of Oz, the novel, right? They're after storing that in DNA. I don't understand this. Now, I love that film. I've watched it multiple times as a child. But what's that got to do with DNA? Uh, the movie has got absolutely nothing to do with DNA, but they were just taking a work of whatever work of fiction or art and uh, seeing if they could encode that using DNA. And that's where my understanding of it kind of stops because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm really trying to work this together. So DNA has base pairs, so it's kind of like binary, I think. Uh, instead of zeros and ones, it has an A and a T and a C and a G. So it has pairs of molecules uh, and Arranging them in a certain way can help you encode information, apparently. And what they've done is, university over in Texas, Austin, they have decided to see if they can use the DNA to store the work that is the Wizard of Oz. And apparently they've done it very, very well. So they have a thing that can read DNA and decode the sequence of DNA that it's given. And this thing can now perfectly re-replicate the Wizard of Oz text of the Wizard of Oz. Now apparently DNA storage technology has been around for quite a while. DNA is apparently a very efficient molecule or method at storing information like this, but my head is kind of blown still with regards to how and why you want to need DNA for storing information and where that could be used. Yeah, it's a kind of a scary topic, isn't it? Well, see, it's not being stored in you. They're just taking the molecules and they're putting them in some sort of computer or arranging them in some sort of machine and arranging them in such a way that they can make it encode for for anything. I know, but I'm kind of thinking AI now, you know, in years to come. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What? That they can implant this so they're going to be more kind of knowledgeable and have more access to, to information and they'll be out, they'll outsmart humans. I think this is the first step. Well, this is just kind of storage, I suppose. This is like having a memory card, but inside the memory card is DNA molecules as opposed to wires and metal. Yeah. Why? Why do we need it? The only thing I think, maybe you'll be able to get much more information on a much smaller device. So you can have a tiny little memory card that would have like 10 terabytes of information on it, but it's it's using DNA. I don't know. Lads, I don't know. That's far above my pay grade here this evening. If you if you can explain that better this evening than than I could, you can let me know. If you're a computer scientist or studied at college or know a little bit more about it, let us know. But just the, the main headline of that story is: scientists have stored the Wizard of Oz on a strand of DNA. Right? You need obviously a special thing to read that strand of DNA to pump out the information from the Wizard of Oz. But there you go. That's the world in which we're living in now. DNA is being used to. Uh, uh, DNA is being used as a memory bank, I suppose, as a hard drive in a weird way. Uh, final story this evening, which is not insane and uh, which is a little bit more useful for you on your daily basis. Uh, Spotify is releasing and introducing podcast charts. Oh. Yeah, they're not oh, a big really deal. Yeah. Um, Apple was the main place for podcast charts. Uh, mm-hmm. Would be the go-to oh, on the podcast chart. You're like, cool. Spotify hasn't really had a podcast chart over the last while, um, but they are now uh, releasing two called Trending and Top. Trending will be based apparently on the speed of growth in listener numbers, and then Top will be the 200 most popular shows overall, and it's going to be localized via regions. So there you go. If you're looking for new podcasts at the moment, uh, it's going to be released. Doesn't say if it's going to be released in. Ireland over the next while, but we're generally get, get these updates fairly, fairly soon. Anyway, we're generally not left behind with that. But there you go. There's be Spotify charts. So if you have a podcast yourself, you can see if you're ranking on that, and also if you're looking for new podcasts, they will be bringing a podcast chart to you and to uh, users all over the world very, very soon. So that's Control Alt Delete. I'm gonna go get some. Uh, I'm gonna go get some tissue for my bleeding ear, trying to figure out that DNA. Uh, FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. <coughs> Good evening, Cormac and Sir here in Room 104 and I'm after swallowing like a <laughs> spit thing and need to cough. Confused <laughs> me. Sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm going to have to... Choking d- on dust. air. That's it. Wouldn't be the first time. Hi-oh. Ding, ding, ding. 
<laughs> oh god, listen, we, we were just chatting about random weird things you can buy up on eBay a little bit earlier on. Yeah, there's uh, uh, pictures and links going around to a bar of chocolate, a Mars Delight for 110 quid, but look at this for an amazing message, right? Hi, I've recently, I've heard recently that there are many oddity collectors who will pay a lot of money for weird and strange items. Since I was 12, I have collected my toenail clippings in a jar, <gasps> and I now have 15 years worth of clippings in this jar. I've heard of weird items selling for loads on eBay. I wonder would that be worth much? Oh my God. Is this a real message? I swear to God, yes. Someone just messaged that in. They've collected yeah. their toenail clippings. Why would you even think of doing that? Well, he, That's the joke disgusting. will be on us. If, if the joke will be on us if this uh, opportunistic person makes a serious amount of money from selling their toenails. I'm, I'm now thinking that, how long would it take me to fill a pint glass full of toenail clippings? Oh, stop. Men's toenails as well, especially when you leave them for ages and they get really That's thick. That's sexist. Can't sell that anymore now. No, they get really thick and you're trying to cut them and you can't even cut them with a regular scissors. Oh, it's <laughs> nasty. Oh, are, they yellow, people... are they yellow clippings? Are they, are they clean? Do you keep them in a solution? Like, do you keep them in a solution? Do you kind of keep them? I wonder if there's many people like this person and uh, is there a lot of people who collect weird things like that? Look, if people are paying for underwear online, someone is going to buy your toenail clippings. <sighs> I'm just a bit concerned as to why you would keep them. Again, it is an investment. It's an absolute solid investment and I have to I've obviously apologise profusely to <laughs> to the person, sorry, to Alan who's after sending us in a beautiful picture of a massive Domino's, because I hopefully Alan haven't turned oh, off yum. your food. Just send us in a picture going, lads, don't you love a good feed from Domino's and it looks like you got it's a huge pizza, there's pepperoni on that Alan, did you get chips from a chipper and throw that on as well, or what's going on? Oh, there's delicious. a side box of, is it wings or maybe one of those uh, like chicken selection boxes oh, stop it. Is it chi- yeah, no, I like chips do on top anything of for Domino's right now. Oh, stop. Anything. Indeed, I would too. So hungry now. My God. Right, well, listen, Ed, there you go. If you've any other strange possessions at home that you're hoping might earn you a few quid in the long run, let us know. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. On the way next is uh, watching pornography a form of cheating and how much damage is it doing to your relationship if you do it. If you're watching right now, turn it off, you pervert. And uh, we'll be chatting to an expert and author and clinical psychologist on that in just a few moments. Time. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. With Cormac and Sir here. And the question for you this evening, is it cheating if you catch your other half watching bold things on the internet? Now, do you know what's really interesting? When I was about 18, I was going out with this guy and one of the days he sat me down and it was as if he had just cheated on me. He said, I need to tell you something. Sat me down on the bed and told me he'd been watching porn. Now, because he had said it in that way, I assumed that he was cheating. So, of course, I was thinking, who was she? What did she look like? Did she look like me? Did she have bigger boobs than me? Did she have a smaller waist? What were you watching? So it started to turn into a fight and then we'd kind of go back and forth and fight about that for most part of the relationship because then he was more open about it. But then, obviously, the kind of older I got and the more relationships I was in, it just didn't bother me. I never asked if somebody was watching it. I assumed they were, especially if we weren't together. You know, if you were 
a few weeks apart or maybe during the week you didn't mm. see them, I assumed that they were going to be doing that. They have to release somehow, so it didn't really enter my head. And to this day, I just take it that every guy watches porn. Now, some of us are good Catholic Christian men, Tricia, okay? We wouldn't be no, we high not. morals and we'd be, <laughs> we wouldn't be into that stuff at all now. Uh, we just we, we read books and we are monks and we don't look at any of that kind of stuff or filth. But listen, drop us in a WhatsApp. Is, if, you, if, you're in, if you're in with someone in a relationship, is, is their watching of pornography or looking at it in any way, shape or form? I mean, God, you probably have to cut out Instagram now at this stage. But is that a form of cheating in your books. Let us know. A simple yes or no will do. Give us your thoughts on that. 87 Joining us now to talk a little bit more about that and give us their expert opinion, uh, Dr. Susan Heitler. She is a psychologist, author of the book The Power of Two Secrets to a Strong and Loving Marriage and has got some more informed opinions than ourselves on this, but we're delighted to welcome her, welcome her to the show. Dr. Heitler, how are you? Real good. Thanks for contacting me. So tell us, mm-hmm. is it cheating, watching pornography? Well, I do agree with you that cheating, to some extent, is in the eyes of the beholder. That's a separate question of what's the impact of cheating on an ongoing relationship. And I was very struck by your description of when you were younger how you reacted with comparative, is she this, is she that, uh, that erodes a woman, let's assume it's the man that's watching the poll, the porn, because most of the time that's true, but it will often trigger an incentive insecurity. Am I good enough? Is she better than me? Whatever. In addition, in general, the real partner loses because it's in the nature of porn that these are very professional productions. The people who are making porn know how to turn someone on. So the turning on becomes more potent than the turning on that happens in everyday life, even in the most loving relationship. So the reality is, while you can call it cheating or not cheating, it tends to have a detrimental impact on the relationship, both because it causes insecurity in the partner and because it causes the person who's doing the the porn to feel less and less satisfied with actual lovemaking. We've spoken to people about, kind of about this before and the world in which we're in right now I suppose is hypersexualized. pornography is nearly completely normalized and there's so many different views on it saying that it's, it, it, it should be not celebrated but just it should be accepted and that it's normal and some people would even go and say you know it's a healthy part of your relationship but you're saying that there comes a point when pornography consumption and use is going to be bad for both people in a relationship. Absolutely. Remember we're in a period where relatively few people do marriage. Loyalty is just not a part of our vocabulary for all too many people. So just like there's no devotion of one person in a permanent committed way, uh, people fritter away their sexual energies to all kinds of people and to people that are just fictions on the screen. Yeah, I think it's becoming a lot more easy for people to you know even come across it by accident you're going on to instagram a lot of instagram is women wearing very little outfits i guess i wouldn't even call them outfits half the time right so they're starting with that and you know people are on instagram communicating with friends and so on but then you're going to be drawn towards different people that you don't know and how they look and then maybe you know if you're sitting at home on your own you might end up then thinking about sex and thinking about ways to maybe pleasure yourself absolutely again the people who make these are professionals at how to turn people on 
So it's going to be real easy to catch the unsuspecting person and get them curious, get them involved, get them turned on, and then turn it on again and turn it on again. So there's a whole risk of actual addiction to porn. And yet even without the full addiction where you need more, you need more, you need more again and again, even without that level of addiction, again, it can be extremely detrimental to the relationship. It actually can have a quite discouraging impact on someone. Why get into a relationship if I have my sex somewhere else? If you just tuned in, we're talking to uh, Dr. Heitler about whether porn is is uh, considered cheating or not. Uh, I, I don't think you're saying it, it's it's cheating, but it, some of the the knock on effects are the same as what would have happened if you were cheating. As you said, people are comparing themselves to Absolutely. unrealistic expect unrealistic expectations and standards and things like that. So, um, in this kind of as we said, uh, hypersexualized world in which we live in, what are we meant to do? <laughs> well, you know, there used to be an old-fashioned phenomenon called religion that used to give people rules for living. That was a big help in, in general, not that everybody followed the rules, but there was a sense of this is inbound, this is out of bounds. That's uh, less and less a part of the world now for people. Then there's a second phenomenon, which is many people are not in an ongoing relationship. So is porn good for them? Is it not so good good for them? Mm, unclear. There's a third phenomenon, which is that some people end up in a marriage that turns out to be sexless. Their partner is just not interested in sexual activity. In that case, porn can be a lifesaver, or if not a lifesaver, at least a sexuality saver. So it's not always one thing. In different contexts, porn can be terrible, minor, or actually helpful. Because I wonder, do women view porn in a different way than men do? I don't have actual statistics on that. I think the more that there are single women out there, the more likely there's going to be uh, porn use by women. At the same time, in general, women tend to associate sex much more with relationships, whereas men are more prone to enjoy sex as just sex. Because I think that could be a big problem. Like you said, that when they do end up having sex, you know, in person, I've had a friend who has told me recently enough that she's going out with someone and he prefers to watch porn than to have sex with her. So, you know, there's one thing where you're not seeing your partner for a long period of time and maybe they're going to, to porn for a release, whereas when you're actually living with somebody and like that probably can't get turned on by an actual person and you have to go to porn for that, that's when it becomes a problem, I'd say. Uh, that absolutely can be a huge problem. Again, porn tends to be more intense to arouse sexuality more quickly and more intensely, partly because it's the new partner every time, partly because seductivity is part of the scenario, the narrative that the producers of porn know how to manipulate very well. Manipulate's a good word. People are being manipulated when they're using porn by the producers of porn. So because the porn experience is so much more intense than normal experience, hmm, it can make it feel like, oh, why bother with, with sex with my partner? I can do this other thing. It's way more exciting. Then if there's, a, you know, someone listening now who might be in that situation, you know, there's a couple who are experiencing kind of that problem. Is there any way you can fix it or work through it or move through it? Well, absolutely, yes. It takes 
and that's a very important question. What can people do if it's been there? It takes fairly flexible people and calm people to be able to talk through exactly what is the impact that the porn is having on you, what is it having on me, and what is it having on our connection, our bond, our relationship. If two people can have a quiet, really thoughtful talk about that, if they can really listen to each other, be respectful of each other, hopefully they'll come to a deeper understanding and come out with a plan of action that works for both of them. Unfortunately, porn, as it becomes more and more addictive, discourages people from that kind of quiet discussion and people pick the porn over their partner, some, not everyone. It is a problem. It's a huge problem, especially with younger kids that are getting access to this when they're on their iPads or just popping up on the side of screens. Yeah, getting trained or conditioned from an early age. Mm. That is terrifying, really sad, because it can have a spoiling impact on the kids forever. In that regard, porn can be a lot like marijuana. Marijuana has a much more detrimental impact on teenagers or younger than teenagers, God forbid, it, it impacts their brain. And porn also, the, young, the earlier you see it, the more it provides a distorted notion of sex. You, you know, I was so struck by your earlier description of that one experience with a partner who was doing porn when you were very young and naive, colored your way of seeing sexuality for years. You saw sexuality within porn as, oh, that's what people do. Normalizing it like that, ooh, scary. Yeah, I assumed. I was only 18. Of course, we weren't living together. We were only in school. I assumed that I need to, you know, he kind of made it out that, yeah, I'm doing this, but all the boys in my class are doing this, so it's normal. Made it out that, you know, you're the weird one that thinks I wouldn't be watching this, you know? Maybe women need to start producing much more pornography that suits their kind of psyche and interest so that you can have a proper (laughs) expectation for men as well to kind of go, no, 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 none of that rough, weird stuff you're into. We're talking relationships and uh, more important things here. But listen, uh, Dr. Heitler, it's been a fascinating conversation, which I know we could probably talk about for a hell of a lot longer. Um, But where's the best place? Do you have any social media profiles or anything you'd like to recommend that someone could maybe find out more about your work? Absolutely. Several. If you go to prescriptions, with an S at the end, prescriptions without pills, that's a website that has techniques. It's based on my book called Prescriptions Without Pills. That's in addition to the... FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.